Welcome everyone to Force of Nature Podcast. I am your host, Matthew D. Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host, David Botcher. Terrific. So this week, Dave, we will continue our journey throughout Yellowstone, and we are going to talk all about the animals that live there. Okay. Also, uh, a few animal attack stories, and I hope you and everyone enjoyed last week's episode. Yeah. Uh, go back and listen to it if you haven't. We go over the history of Yellowstone, the geography, the geology, the supervolcano, and of course, people jumping into jumping headfirst into boiling hot acidic pools of water. Yeah, what's not to like with that? Yeah, huh? you know, making their skin melt off. That was a pretty crazy story, huh? That was. Yeah. That was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this week we will have just as good, uh, equally crazy stories, and just as dumb of tourists. But before we begin, I want to thank all of our listeners. You are awesome. And if you want to be even more awesome, what you can do is go to iTunes, give us a star, a five-star review, say whatever you want, but it just really helps us get noticed and get more listeners, which, you know, is the objective of a podcast. Mm-hmm. So help us out with that. But Dave, how about, how about we get started? Okay, let's do it. So let's begin talking about the animals of Yellowstone. So along with the geysers and the geology of Yellowstone, the animals are a major attraction. People come from all over the world to see these animals. Yellowstone has the most abundant and diverse ecosystem in all of North America, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, as I mentioned last week, Yellowstone is home to 285 species of birds, 16 species of fish, 6 species of reptiles, 5 species of amphibians, and 67 species of mammals. Does and that include humans? 68 species of mammals, including humans. <laughs> we will mostly be talking about the mammals, especially the large ones. Uh, Yellowstone has the largest concentration of mammals in the lower 48 states, uh, because Alaska also has about as many. And you know what? Sometime we're going to do an episode all about Alaska. I think that'd be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. That'd be a good one. But let's go over some of the mammals that call the park home. Let's start with some ungulate species. What is that? I knew, yeah. Uh, ungulates are hooved animals. Oh, okay. So you, your deer, elk, stuff, things like that. That's zebra? Do they have zebra? No, I'm just kidding. No, there are, there are <laughs> zero zebra in the park. Uh, so the ungulates are hooved animals, and they are herbivores, so they eat plants. And in Yellowstone, there are eight ungulate species. So I'm going to kind of go over animals and think of it like kind of like last week with our timeline. We're going to do kind of bullet points. I'm going to give about a couple sentences on each one. Okay. There are white-tailed deer. There are, they're kind of the main type of deer found all over North America. And they get to around 250 pounds. However, they're not uh, that, there's not that many of them in Yellowstone. And, but uh, white-tailed deer is like the main ones you you see hunters that are going yeah. after like all yeah. over, all over the country. That's the main one that they're after is the white-tail. Uh, next, we're gonna move and we have the mule deer, or in some areas called black-tailed deer. They are common within Yellowstone and along the Rocky Mountains. They are the deer that we have here in Utah. Okay. Uh, so they're all over the place. There they are, and they're about twenty-five percent larger than the white-tailed deer. Okay. Next, we have the mountain goat. 
They are bright white in color and live higher up in the mountains. They actually aren't even native to Yellowstone. They were introduced in the 1940s. Oh, stinking invasive species. Uh, mountain goats, they, well, <laughs> they, they do have some issues with our next one, and that's oh, yeah. the bighorn sheep. Oh. Because they live in the same areas, so they'll graze on the same things. Yeah. I, I didn't get the, I didn't read too much into them b- bumping heads. Oh, get nice. it? Get it? That was a good hey, one. Huh? That was good. Puns. <laughs> I've, always, <laughs> I've always liked these guys. I, I like to when they fight and they just go full bore and just yeah. bang. Oh, yeah. TJ was uh, went hunting uh, rams. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah he was on a cliff. That's our uh, other canyon. brother-in-law. Yeah, he's a big hunter. You could, he said, you could hear him from miles away when they're going at it. Yeah, just cracking heads. I, I, I'm sure that you could. Sure those would crack. be those would be pretty cool. And I've actually seen them up here in the mountains near Ogden area. Oh yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Like I said, I like when they fight. They're man, that's cool. And they they get to around 300 pounds Jeez. in the Yellowstone area. They so that's 300 pounds of muscle just coming right at you. Wow. So next we have the pronghorn, or also known as the American antelope. They're a bit smaller, coming in with the males being around 125 pounds. An interesting fact, Dave, mm-hmm. these pronghorns, they are the second fastest animal in the world. Wow. How fast do they go? They go, they can get to 60, 65. Wow. So... <clears throat> uh, yeah, the second fastest animal in the world. The first being the the cheetah, of course. The cheetah is the fastest uh, fastest animal, but the pronghorn they don't have any natural predators living here, unless they're old, young, or sick, injured. Oh. But n- n- all the predators around here, nothing can catch them. Nothing can run Sweet. as fast as them. And like I said, they get get into around sixty five miles an hour. And I mean, thousands of years ago, like in uh, the ice age times. Uh-huh. There was a species of cheetah living in North America oh, that cool. would hunt them, oh. but that species didn't make it, and the pronghorn did, and now they don't have anything to worry about, really, besides humans. Wow. Or if they get sick or something. But yeah, that's an interesting fact. Yeah, that's pretty neat. And we have them We have them in here in Utah as well. we got plenty of them. Uh, so moving on, next we have the most abundant ungulate species, the elk. Uh, during the summer, their numbers can reach around 20,000 in the park. Wow. They are very important to the ecosystem and are preyed upon by predators. So they're, that's the main a big-time source of food for the predators there is elk. Mm. They can, the males can get up to 700 pounds. Gee. They also make this really cool sound. Have you ever heard it? I think on a video, but never never heard it. In okay, real life. we're gonna we're gonna put a sound effect in. Okay, of an elk of an elk noise. Insert here. Hmm. <laughs> it's a pretty cool sound though. Right on. Now there have been attacks by elk on people, including a few j- this year. Actually, huh. there's been two, all from you know dumb tourists getting too close. You especially don't want to come across them during their mating season, or as it's called, the rut. And this is normally during September and October. They they like lose all function of their brain because they're so horny. <laughs> and I'm not joking. I, I, I swear, I watched a video of this elk attacking cars that drove by just 
it's like acting crazy and it's just attacking cars as they drive by and it it would ding them up pretty good and it took the back bumper off of one car oh gee that's a little different than when we say i am stuck in a rut (laughs) you could take it the wrong way if you were an elk (laughs) so the elk can be dangerous so if you're a tourist don't be dumb and get too close especially to the horny elk And, oh yeah, the recommended distance for these larger ungulates is 25 yards. Okay. So that's 75 feet. So don't get any closer. Uh, especially with our next animal, the moose. Ooh. And at one point, you know what, we're going to do a whole moose episode as well. Okay. I, I, I say that a lot when, we're, when I'm going through the... Re- <laughs> I'm like, we're going to do an episode on that. We're going to do an episode on that. But that's because we are going to do an episode on these things. And I've already got stuff planned. But we will do a moose episode. Um, However, they are not that prominent here in Yellowstone. There might be only around 200-ish. And moose are the largest member of the deer family, weighing around 1,000 pounds for a male. Uh, They do get bigger, especially up in Alaska area. They can get bigger than that, though. Wow. Uh, in some cases, moose are more dangerous than bears. Gee. And we, we have them here in Utah, here in the Uinta Mountains as well. Okay. That's kind I've of never cool. seen it. I've never have seen you ever seen a moose? Life, no. I've, seen, I've seen a moose. I've seen a small bull, and I've seen a mom and with like two calves before. Oh, Those okay. are the ones you got to watch out for. Oh, mama, yeah. mama moose. All right, so... Uh, I'm actually going to wait to get into our last ungulate species, the bison. I'm going to wait to get in that a bit later in the episode because we are going to talk more about it. Okay. And I, I want to briefly touch on a few animals before we get into our, our main predator animals. So there are several rodent species. Rodents play a big part in the ecosystem here as they are prey for a lot of the predators. But we have, in Yellowstone, there's gophers, <coughs> marmot, pika, hare, rabbit, vole, chipmunks, ground squirrels, red squirrels, and the most significant one, the beaver. Beaver is a rodent. Oh. And during the fur trading era, uh, beaver were a reason why tr- people and trappers m- came out this far west in the first place, and mountain men traveled into, traveled into Yellowstone to find beavers. Uh, evidence of beavers can easily be seen if you're in the if you're around Yellowstone, as they cut trees down and they dam up rivers and streams. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah. And I, I remember being in Yellowstone when I was a kid and seeing a beaver. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right on. Me and my brother and my dad, we were just kind of walking around a stream, fly fishing, and I'll, I'll, my dad said, "Oh look," and there was a beaver just swimming. It was minding its own business, oh. but. Yeah, it was pretty neat. They're, and they're actually pretty good size, too. Yeah, they're like an R-O-U-S or something. A what? Rodent of unusual size. I've never, Princess Bride! That, yeah, oh, that? man, I, I did not <laughs> catch that reference. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're pretty big <laughs> to be a rodent. but Yeah, you know, I, actually, the first uh, IMAX movie I saw... Well, I take that back. The first one I saw... But I saw them at the same time. The first one I saw was in, on Antarctica. second IMAX movie I saw was on beavers. Oh, okay. And it was pretty neat. Was it? I mean, they make their own ecosystem. They make it... Yeah. Well, not even their own. They, they, change, they change the actual They change the way the rivers run. And they... Yeah, that's... They're, they're quite powerful for such a small animal. Yeah. But, uh, well, get this, Dave, because... 
Uh, if our listeners, if you come back next week, we will go over a story of a beaver attack. Oh, wow. I have a beaver attack story for us next week. Crazy. All right. <laughs> Getting this back for all the trappers. <laughs> Moving on. So there are, and also there, I want to mention this, there are 13 species of bats in Yellowstone. Ooh. All right, let's move on to the cool stuff. Let's move on to the predators. Before I get to them, I'm going to, before I get to the main ones, we're going to mention a small one. So you got like martens, weasels, and otters. And then you have like the red fox. Uh, we all know what the, the fox is, but yeah. um, there aren't that many of them there in Yellowstone. Mostly because they have to compete with the larger predators. Yeah. And next we have bobcats. While they are rarely seen, they are believed to be widespread in the area. There is, however, a larger member of the bobcat family called the Canadian lynx. Hmm. Uh, bob so bobcats get around to 30-ish pounds, give or take. And lynx are, the Canadian lynx are around 35 to 40 pounds. That's pretty big. Pretty yeah. good-sized cat. However, the Canadian lynx are very rare uh, to see in Yellowstone. The num- We don't know the exact numbers, but there's likely not that many. Mm. So up next, we have badgers. They get to around 25 pounds, They are, and they're pretty similar to the wolverines that also live in the park. But wolverines are larger and get to around 35 pounds. Okay. But you know what? Badger don't care. Badger... Badger doesn't care who's bigger. Yeah. You ever seen that? Have you ever seen that video? They've lost that part of their brain, you know. Have you ever seen that video of the honey? It was actually the honey badger. No, honey badger don't give a shit. You don't remember? I haven't seen that. No. I'm gonna have to show you that video because it's hilarious. (laughs) It's like it was a huge. It was a big popular video on YouTube a couple years ago, and it's funny. I'm gonna have to show it to you. Yeah. All right, and I feel like. I feel like we should also mention some predatory birds as well, including the osprey, peregrine falcon. Peregrine falcon mm. is considered the fastest animal in the world. Oh, is it? Why? Yeah. Is it from diving? Or? Yeah, from its dive. It can get to 200 miles an hour on its oh dive goodness. alone. And, okay, another interesting fact. Uh, peregrine falcons, they actually inhabit a good amount of New York City. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like they have, some, they have a... Um, down, downtown by the temple, they have a, a peregrine nest in the Joseph oh, Memorial they? Building to keep pigeons away. Oh, they I actually, yeah, that's actually, a good idea. That's a good yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. Encourage the peregrines there. And then also, of course, we have the bald eagle that are there. I've seen bald eagle there. Yeah. All right, but let's keep going. Next, we have the most abundant predator, the coyote. They're pretty much everywhere and can get, they get up to around 40-ish pounds. Uh, they can and do attack people, and if you want to hear a cool coyote attack story, you can go back to episode two. Yeah, I remember that one. Do you remember that one? Yeah, that was yeah, that was that was one of our better stories. I st- I think still. Yeah, but yeah, go back to episode two if you want to hear a cool coyote attack story and death because <laughs> she does die in that one. All right, next we have an apex predator. It is the wolf. They actually have a unique history in Yellowstone. In the 1900s, they were hunted to near extinction in like the Rocky Mountain area and determined an endangered species throughout the Rocky Mountains. By the 1970s, no wolves were thought to be in Yellowstone. Wow. Then a recovery program in 1995 
started, and Canadian wolves were brought into Yellowstone. Okay? Okay. And as of now, there are believed to be over 500 wolves in the Yellowstone area. Okay. And over in the Yellowstone area and around 100 in the park itself. Does that make sense? Oh, okay. Gotcha. That consists in the park. Uh, there are eleven different wolf packs. Normally, in a wolf pack, you get around seven to nine okay. in a wolf pack, ish, give or take. Hmm. That's the average. Um, the wolves are wolves get to be pretty big. They get to be around one hundred and forty pounds. Wow, that's big, huh? That's as much that's, as me. Yeah, really. Wow, I'm one. I'm around one sixty. Yeah, okay, so, that's, yeah. that makes sense. All right, and uh, yeah, that's for that's for the bigger males, but the recommended distance for dumb tourists is <laughs> seventy five yards. For you can get seventy five yards from a wolf. Yeah, man, I just wouldn't want to see one. Seventy five to hundred. Oh, I um, you'd want to see. I'll a wolf. go away. I would definitely love to see. It. I've never seen a I'll wolf. Be like, oh, dude, let's get closer to that pack of dogs. <laughs> I've never seen a, a wolf uh, in Yellowstone before. I. I've seen almost everything else, but not a wolf. Mm. I'd like to. I had a buddy who showed me a video, cool video of wolves on that he saw in Yellowstone. But no, I have not seen. I think I'd be nervous to see one there. I guess I'd be nervous if I saw more than one. Yeah, yeah. Both that. I could. I could see a lone wolf maybe. But they are the wolves. They are still quite elusive, and they are hard to see. they are most active at night, so if you go to Yellowstone, and if you go to Yellowstone, the best place to see them is in the north region. Okay. Uh, so next time you, or when you go to Yellowstone for your first time, <laughs> we're gonna have to take you up north, and so hopefully we can see a wolf. See a wolf, okay. And you know, I like I said a couple other times already this episode, we will for sure cover cover wolves in other episodes. I promise, because I've got a there's a lot of cool wolf stuff. But let's move on. You know, I'm going to cover this next animal too, the cougar. I'm going to cover this one in another episode. Uh, Cougar or the mountain lion or puma or catamount, they actually have more names than any other mammal in the world. That's because of their huge region that they cover. And We've talked about mountains and lions a little bit already in episode three, but they cover all the way from northern Canada all the way down to South America and Argentina. So they cover all of North and South America pretty much. Wow. But they are rarely seen in the park, though. There's estimated to be around 25 to 35 in the Yellowstone area. Hmm. And their numbers their That's numbers nice. are steady. Um, and that's good because with the introduction of the wolf in 1995, uh-huh. they they weren't they were concerned on what was going to happen between the two if one of them was going to kick the other out. Oh. And there actually have been recordings of wolves killing cougars and cougars killing wolves. Interesting. The cougars get to around they can get to around about uh, 160 for the males. Okay. So okay, Dave, who do you think is going to win in a fight, a cougar or a wolf? I think one on one. I think a cougar would win, but. We'll, as a pack, I, like wolves would take them on easy. Yeah, you know, I think you're exactly right. One on one, I'd go with the the cat because they got the forearms. They can use their front arms better. Yeah, they can swing them and swipe them. Dogs yeah. can't do that as well. Uh, they have to rely on their jaws. Mm-hmm. So I think you're right. I think a cougar would win one on one, but at more than one, wolves will definitely win. Yeah. All right, let's continue. Next, we have the black bear. It's the most abundant bear in Yellowstone, and the males can get to around 300 pounds. 
And an interesting, okay, this is weird. An interesting thing that I didn't know is that in Yellowstone, only around 50% of black bears are actually black. Huh. Yeah. Others are like a brown, blonde, or cinnamon color. Okay. It's kind of odd, yeah. It's just like human hair, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> there are said to be around 500 black bears in the park area. And black bears are extremely adaptable animals. And from around 1930 to 1969, 1970, a major attraction for people was to feed the bears. <laughs> bears are smart and went to humans begging for food. I've seen lots of pictures of bears literally standing um, on their back legs onto the cars, Looking, putting their heads through the windows, begging for food, and people will give it to them, and it was fine. I've I've seen uh, bears holding up signs, please give me food, but it was probably a meme or something. <laughs> <They're> probably, <laughs> like will will not work for food, yeah. give me food. Um, in uh, in uh, the cars, and people will give them food. The bears look cute, and they look harmless, and with pretty. With people growing up watching Yogi Bear, maybe that made a yeah, difference. Or getting a, or when you're one years old, you have the teddy bear. You the know? teddy That's bear. It's a prerequisite uh, yeah. item you have to have. So. And people just didn't think bears were very dangerous. People just. <laughs> That's why a teddy bear. Yeah, oh, teddy it's bear. So cute. Yogi Bear. He was just after picnic baskets. <laughs> and even park rangers would feed them and encourage visitors to feed them. Oh, wow. And this, this goes for grizzlies too, but just not on a. Bigger on a big scale, <laughs> just not as big scale. Like yeah. it was mostly black bears, but grizzlies were are included in this. Wow. And so what they would, and uh, what else they would do is they were uh, they had dumping grounds, and you could see, like they would dump food on there, and you would see around twenty or or so bears going through the food while people gathered to watch, and wow. they even built like grandstands to give people a better <laughs> view of this. Nice. And this enabled the bears to lose their fear of humans and become dependable on human food. <laughs> I could totally see that. And then then they're selling them concessions to watch. Popcorn, get your oh, popcorn. Get and you... then the bear's like, wait a minute. That sounds even better. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And uh, so during this time period, up until around 1970, uh, there were about 40 to 50 uh Incidents a year where people would get scratched or bitten or even mauled by bears. Wow. So there was over 40 or 50 attacks a year, Gee. kind of. Most of them were minor. But, yeah, that was per year, too. Wow. That's more than the shark attacks. That's, yeah, kind of. So things got pretty out of hand, to say the least, during this time. And in the 1970s, park managers decided things should change. They closed down the dumping grounds and cracked down on people feeding the bears. But, you know, after decades of being fed human food, they were forced, and now they're forced to become more wild, you know? So okay. that's a hard transition Yeah, for the bears. Um, yeah, it was a hard transition, and they would raid campsites, creating more dangerous encounters. Mm. But like we said, like I said earlier, fortunately for the bears, they are remarkably adaptable and they did uh, return to a more natural diet and a more natural way of life. So all in all, that was a good thing. And because of this, human injuries have 
decreased a lot, obviously, because we're not <laughs> right next to them feeding them. Um, they went from about 40 or 50 a year to less than one a year. Oh, okay. Wow. And that's about what it is to this day, is around one, one incident a year. Okay. So I have saved our two main event players for last. These are the bison and the grizzly bear. Ooh. And I'm going to include some stories talking about the two. Okay. You know, and let's start with the bison. I do okay. want to touch on the history of the bison because I don't know when we will ever talk about bison again Okay. in an episode. But uh, grizzly bears will come up more in future episodes, so I don't need to go into a ton of detail about them. But I definitely want to talk about the bison in more detail. And uh, before I do that, though, how about a, how about a, maybe a story or two? Yeah. Of dumb tourists getting too close to bison. <laughs> what an idiot! <laughs> it's advised that you should, like I said earlier, it's advised that you should stay at least twenty-five yards away from bison and most other animals, and about seventy-five feet from bears and wolves and cougars. Wow. Seventy-five feet. 75 yards. Yeah, oh, okay. you're right. Sorry. You're right. Yards. Um, on May 15th, 2015, a 16-year-old Taiwanese exchange student turned her back to take a selfie with a bison. <laughs> the girl was between three to six feet away, oh, not yards, wow. feet. When it attacked and gored her, tossing her in the air. <laughs> it was probably because when she turned around, That's... she showed him the fuzzy backpack, and he's like, what the? <laughs> Were you going to say Hello Kitty backpack? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was probably Hello Kitty, wasn't it? <laughs> but when uh, when park rangers arrived, they found bystanders less than 10 feet away from the same bison. And anyway, she was airlifted to a hospital and suffered serious but non-threatening injuries. Wow. So what did it end up doing? Did it trample her or just It went and tossed. That's her. what they do. They'll, they'll come up and with their horns, they'll toss people in the air. Yeah. So did she get gored or did it, yeah, did gored. it, just, did it just lift her? It just, it, I guess it just tossed her once and that, oh, that was okay. that. So in another selfie-related incident, mm. also in 2015, a 43-year-old Mississippi woman and her daughter were about six yards away when they took a selfie with the bison. They turned their backs to the animal and heard the footsteps moving toward them. <laughs> Probably saw it coming closer in their phone. <laughs> yeah. Some objects may appear <laughs> yeah, closer, than closer. They, or closer than they appear. Yeah. But the bison uh, caught the mother on the right side, lifted her up with its head, and tossed her up in the air. She was treated yeah. at the old faithful clinic and only had minor injuries, so she was pretty lucky. And wow. I'm kind of glad it took the mom instead of the daughter. Yeah. Doesn't say... I, I totally wish people would do videos at those points. So you can see, wow! Yeah, don't take a picture. Take like a, a GoPro. Video. Like, Whoa, awesome! She's flying! <laughs> like, at least if you're going to take a selfie with a wild animal, make it a video and make yeah. it interesting. <laughs> but in, uh, in 2015, there were five attacks, and three are the result of pictures. Photos. <laughs> So, you know, don't take a selfie with a wild animal, maybe. Just yeah. going to throw that out there. There's Photoshop, people. Yeah. And I have, I'm gonna, I have a couple more bison stories, but let's get, in, let's get to know them a little bit more. 
So the American bison, also known as buffalo, even though it is not an actual buffalo, the real buffalo are the ones that live in Africa and Asia. So we're going to call it by its correct name, the bison. Okay. There are actually a couple subspecies. Uh, the ones in Yellowstone are known as plains bison. Then there are uh, woods, the woods bison that live more up north in Canada. Mm. And the North Northwest Territories, the Yukon, Alberta, Manitoba, and British Columbia. They're kind of pockets in okay. those areas. And the wood bison are actually a bit bigger than the plains bison of Yellowstone. Okay. And the woods bison are considered the largest animals in North in in North and South America. Wow. So they are the they largest. Weigh? How much do they weigh? They weigh a little over two thousand, probably mm. like twenty five hundred. Uh, bison do live in Alaska as well. They are plains bison that were introduced in the, around the 1920s. So there are bison in Alaska. Okay. And I bet you didn't know this, Dave. Bison live in Europe too. Oh, really? Yeah. They are classified as their own species, so they're not a subspecies. They're their own. But they actually went extinct in the mid, around the mid-1800s. Oh. However, some were kept in captivity and then later introduced into the wild. And th- these bison, they have another name. They call them, it's uh, a wisent. A oh. wisent. That's what mm. they call them there. And th- so, yeah, they they were introduced in the wild. And now there are over 4,000 wild bison in Europe. Some... Some places uh, might surprise you, like in the countries that they are. Um, I had a list, but like Belarus, Bulgaria. There's there was even some in like the Netherlands and Spain. Oh, wow. Like yeah, just like small pockets of them in, around in 15 countries. In so Europe. they look like your typical bison, they, same size. And... They're similar. There are some noticeable differences. They're actually taller, oh. but they they weigh around the same. Oh, but they're okay. actually a little bit taller. On their like, what is their hump? Their hump okay. is a little bit taller. There's some differences. I think ours are hairier. Oh, okay. But yeah, for the most part, they look the same. Interesting. And for our local listeners here in Utah, there is a bison herd here in Utah on Antelope Island. Yeah. Have you ever been there or seen yeah, them there? Yeah, I've seen them there. Okay. You can get pretty close there. They're fenced in. Yeah. So you can go up yeah. to the fence and they'll come up. Yeah, it is. Uh, so. Antelope Island, it's an island here um, in the Great Salt Lake. Uh, I remember going here on a field trip when I was, like, in junior high. Oh, yeah? And I've, I've seen the bison here. There are actually around 700 bison on Antelope Island. And they were by, the bison were introduced here by humans. Obviously, they're not going to live in the, on an island yeah. in the Great Salt Lake. But they're kind of – so they're semi-free range. So like they can move around by themselves, but they're on an island. Yeah, <laughs> and they're they are kind of f- commercial bison, so they're owned or property. They get yeah, they get hunted. I know that you could get a tag for them. They're expensive because sure you you're yeah. guaranteed to get one. Yeah, but. you're you're on a not a very big island and <laughs> seven hundred bison. I think you're gonna be all right. Yeah. Uh, so the average weight for a bison is around two thousand pounds. Uh, that's that is one ton. If you didn't know that, but bison are the, like I said, they're the largest animal in North and South America. Moose are actually taller, quite a bit taller, but bison are wider and um, stockier and heavier built. So 
That's pretty cool. Uh, they can also run a lot faster than you think. They can get up to around 30 miles an hour. Oh, wow. So they, they're very fast. And bison have a deep history here in, in the United States. And at one point, the, the bison numbered, or like, I had conflicting uh, reports on this. I found several, several sources told me different things. So we're going to say from 25 to 50 million at one point. Wow. Yeah. And they covered a huge range, all the way from New York to Georgia, and all the way west, past the Rocky Mountains, and even down into Mexico, and up into the north parts of Canada. Gee. And European settlers really messed up the populations. Really messed it up. How the heck do you screw it up that much? That is nuts. Well, I'm going to tell you. So, I mean, like, Native Americans have always hunted bison, but... I don't think that uh, any animal... 25 million stuff. Yeah, I, I, I don't think they were divvying into the yeah. population. Uh, like, and I don't think any other animal in the history of the world has gone through such population decrease as these bison have. I would say they're number one in that. Wow. Which is not Possibly a good thing. dinosaurs. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so as uh, European settlers came to America, as they moved... Uh, the further they moved west, that's like... You just follow the people, and that's how when the bison were gone, they were killing them wow. everywhere they as far as they'd go. And around 1830 is when the mass destruction began. Uh, European settlers brought, and when the Europe, European settlers came over, they brought horses and guns. And horses can keep pace with bison. And then you have, and around the mid 1800s, that's when you started having your better guns. So you had you had your repeating revolvers. Revolvers. You had um, rifles that could hold more than one shot. You had shotguns, and they could just ride, just get on their horses, ride, shoot them from a few feet away, shoot the next one, shoot the next one, yeah. and moving on. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes they would just shoot them for fun, for no reason. I mean, they did use their obviously they used their meat if they were hunting them and use their hides, but not all the time. Sometimes they would just did it because they were dickheads and they just wanted to shoot something. Yeah. Marka. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, <clears throat> and I guess what a big thing that they would go after are the tongues. Why the tongues? I guess the tongues taste good. Weird. They would, yeah. They would sometimes they would just shoot a bison, take its tongue, and then leave the body and nothing, take nothing else. Gee, that I've never nuts. had bison tongue. Me neither. Maybe, maybe, just maybe we should Rocky try. Mountain oysters. I never hear about the tongue. Yeah, I've never heard the. T- I mean, I've heard about the. I've heard about this before, but I've never eaten the tongue. Maybe we should try a tongue. Uh, okay. <laughs> so <clears throat> the bison numbers started dwindling because of overhunting, with around a one million killed every year during Jeez. the eighteen seventies, and sometimes and you can sometimes you can add that up to like a five thousand killed every day. That's nuts. Yeah, you don't even think there's enough humans there at the time to oh, even do it that. It doesn't matter how many what humans. It matters how doing? many bullets. That is nuts. Yeah, and uh, and by the year 1884, there were only believed to be 325 bison left in the wild in the United States. Wow. With only 25 in the Yellowstone area. So think about it. We started around 25 million. We, we knocked it all the way down to 325. That is crazy. They really, 
It really is. I mean, what we even in the Civil War, what we had, we lost what a million five, maybe. I don't, I'm not hundred. And know. that between both sides, and yeah, that lasted nothing. four years, and yet we're well, killed, this they, last, they killed lasted, a million. Bison. Yeah, but then then you think of like Native Americans. We 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 were pretty tricky, trigger happy, I guess. Oh, that is nuts. So, uh, yeah, we we very, very nearly hunted the bison into extinction. However, uh, nowadays, uh, they have made somewhat of a recovery. And on our conservation scale that I've mentioned before, as of now, they rate a 6 out of 7, which is the best okay. we've had so far. So, uh, they are, it says uh, vulnerable, or they're not vulnerable. They are near-threatened. So, but okay. they're actually doing better now. Um, bison are also a big part of Native American culture. Like tribes would use every part of the bison for food and tools. They obviously ate the meat, uh, used the hides for clothing, and used the bones and other parts to make tools like arrowheads, knives, needles to sew, shoes, and even used their bladders as water containers. Wow. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and among think about it, they'd last. God, just one of those would last you a long time. Yeah, they last a long time, and they do so and, much with it. Just God. one, and then we would just take us the tongue out. What a waste! What a waste! Um, yeah, and they used it for other many many other things as well. But the the overhunting of bison uh, really hurt Native Americans as well, as the bison were an important source food source for the Native Americans. So yeah. you, you can kind of follow the scale of Native... Like, you knew it was going to happen with Native Americans as soon as the bison were gone. Like, it was, it was going to follow the same sad tale. God, maybe that was their plan. Maybe they wouldn't use a battle of attrition maybe. against Native Americans. I don't know. So that's just, Yeah, that's just nuts. Yeah. So nowadays, there are around 5,000 bison living in Yellowstone. And it's the largest wild population Wow. And there are around 300,000 living in farms around the country. Wow. Kind of, they, they, bison are they're kind of related to cows in some ways. And they, it can be farmed similar to cows, too. And these bison, are they're raised like cows and used for their meat. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say that bison meat is terrific. I hear it's good. You, you never oh, actually, have... I think I have had one. I had a, a bison burger on the at the island. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I And I've had it several times, and it, it really is good. The meat is it's more lean than that of cows and low in cholesterol. It, it, it's served at various restaurants around the country, and I've even seen it at grocery stores, so you can probably get it almost anywhere. Yeah, they taste good. They are really good. And so I'm going to cover kind of – I'm going to kind of cover bison in pop culture – yeah, I like to do that. Oh, okay. So uh, the bison became the national mammal of the United States in 2016. Oh, wow. That's yeah. pretty recent. That's very recent. And it is the state animal in Kansas, Oklahoma, and Wyoming. It's on the coat of arms for the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Oh, right. On. So Dudley Do-Right wears it. Nice. The bison is depicted on many U.S. coins. It's on... Quite a few yeah. different coins. Uh, many universities uh, use the bison as a symbol or a mascot, lots of them. And even two American sports teams use the bison, the Buffalo Bills and the Buffalo Sabres. 
Probably because this city is named Buffalo. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the only place that has it. But and they don't have any buffalo there, right? No, they don't. <laughs> they don't. So I, I know that was. I know that's a pretty quick overview history overview of the bison, but it's it's kind of all we have time for. So let's move on, and we're gonna talk about some bison attacks. Ooh. A couple more. So attacks in Yellowstone from the 1980s to nowadays, there are an average from around zero to five attacks a year. Nearly all of these are due to dumb tourists. Uh, there are a lot. There are a lot of warnings, uh, warning signs around the park. Rangers tell people there are videos in the visitors centers, and uh, when you enter the park, you're given a flyer which tells you about the dangers of bison and animals. And you know, maybe common sense would you would think would take place for these tourists, but you know, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But this next story we're going to talk about it, it's kind of a sad story, and it happened in May of 2016. And when the story first came out, it wasn't entirely accurate and really, it really didn't depict the story properly. So I kind of dug in there. Because uh, I thought the same thing that the news told me, but then when I found these ar- other articles, I was like, oh, okay, well, it's not as bad as what they said. Hmm. And, I mean, the people that are involved, they definitely are were stupid. I mean, they had good intentions, but it was stupid. <laughs> but a man and his son found a bison calf on the side of the road. The bison calf had actually been in this area for a few days, all by itself, with no other bison around. Hmm. And it would approach cars and act confused, which I'm sure it was. So the man and his son... (laughs) Seeing this two-ton car metal thing is going, Are you my mom? (laughs) I don't think it's quite two tons yet. It's probably probably a good amount, though. Um, So the man and his son uh, decided to put the calf in the car and take it to a ranger station. (laughs) How did they see Jurassic Park (laughs) 2? You don't do Oh, yeah. With the, T-Rex, the T-Rex and the yeah. mom and dad T-Rex come yeah. back for it. All right. Well, uh, the Rangers were not happy with what they saw. And this was a pretty young calf and was um, dependent on its mother's milk. So they couldn't even feed it. They didn't have oh. They don't have bison milk just laying around. Hmm. So they had no way to feed it. Uh, Rangers tried several times to... Uh, reintegrate it with a bison herd, but it never worked. And the calf was euthanized. Oh, that's sad. And this story was widely criticized by people. And most news coverage said the calf died because of the men picking it up. And after they picked it up, its mother wouldn't take it in. However, in reality, it's not that uncommon for calves to be separated from their mothers and starve to death or be killed by predators. Mm. It's, it happens more often than you think. So the calf was already on its own for several days. It's It would probably have died either way. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So uh, nonetheless, uh, the father was fined for wildlife disturbance. So fair enough. Mm. Uh, sometimes you, you just have to let nature take its course, you know? Yeah. It's sad. But uh, it, it happens. Unfortunately, that means baby bison have to die. So if you go to Yellowstone, Yellowstone, uh, you have to stay out of animal affairs and not interfere. What did we say last week, Dave? Yellowstone. 
<laughs> it ain't Disneyland. That's right. So I have one more bison story. It comes from the book I mentioned last week, uh, Death in Yellowstone by Lee H. Whittlesley. And I actually got the book. Oh, did you? Right on. I, I got it on Audible. So I spent a credit on nice. Audible for this podcast. This is Audible. <laughs> uh, so with this story, we meet a man named Marvin Leslie Schrader. He is 30 years old of Spokane, Washington. He became Yellowstone's first bison fatality. Hmm. This happened on July 12th, 1971 at Fountain Flats. It's just north of Old Faithful. Okay. Marvin, his wife, and three children, they spotted, so they're with him. Mm. They spotted a solitary bull bison laying down in a meadow. Uh, Marvin walked within 20 feet of it to take a picture. Mm. I don't think they didn't have self, they didn't do selfies back then. So, <laughs> it'd have been Polaroid or something. <laughs> The bison stood up and charged at Marvin. Oh, wow. And tossed him uh, more than 12 feet in the air. Oh, wow. The bison's horn ripped open the man's upper right abdomen and, oh. and pierced his liver. Oh, man. Marvin attempted to stand, but could only get up to one elbow and laid there groaning for a few minutes. Oh, Remember, all while his wife and three small children oh, are watching. Man. He's only 30, so his his kids are not old. Gee. So other people were also watching and said that they knew instantly that he was dead. His wife later said that they got too close, and in their possession were the park's red danger pamphlets that said, don't get too close to the animals. Oh, wow. So an interesting, another interesting part is it's also said that Marvin was throwing rocks at the bison. What? In order to make it stand up. However, however, however it was found, uh, it was later found that this was not true. Mm-hmm. However, they found that a group of teenagers were throwing rocks at it or just oh. a little bit before Marvin and his family arrived. So the bison oh. had already been agitated and provoked. Uh, not by Marvin, However, regardless, Marvin shouldn't have gotten so close. Yeah, that's a pretty good lesson, though. You know, it shows, you know, you may think you're being harmless or funny or whatever, but that everything's okay when you're done. But, yeah, this, the, it could be paid forward in, an, in a bad way as well. Yep, after what you exactly do. You know? right. Always watch what you do. You're exactly right. Um, so <clears throat> those are our tales of bison and bison attacks. Hmm. Oh, now we're going to get into the grizzly bear and one and a, a specific attack in Yellowstone. We all know what a grizzly bear is, so I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to go into a ton of detail like I did with the bison. But there are around 150, 200, 200 bear, grizzly bears in Yellowstone area. Mm. And they can get up to around 700 pounds for the large males and around 400 for a female. Wow. And like I said, it's advised you stay at least 75 yards away from bears in Yellowstone. See. So there have actually only been eight recorded deaths by bears since the 1900s. Wow. Would you think? You probably would have thought more, huh? Yeah. But um, several of them have happened recently. So I got, Mm. let me go over them. 
1916, a grizzly killed a man in a roadside camp. In August 1942, a bear killed a woman at night in the old faithful campground. In June of 1972, a female grizzly killed a man in an who was uh, illegally it was in an illegally established camp. The mm. bear was feeding on food left out, like apparently he left out a ton of food on the camp. Oh. And when the man came back, he surprised the bear and the bear attacked. Mm. In July of 1984, a grizzly killed a woman from Switzerland. In October 1986, a photographer was killed by a female grizzly protecting cubs. Uh-huh. July 2011, a day hiker in uh, of a party of two was killed by a female grizzly who was also protecting cubs. Mm. In August 2011, again, mm. two in 2011. There's eight in over 118 yeah. years, and two of them happened in one year, in back-to-back months. Uh, a hiker was was hiking by himself was killed, and then in August uh, 2013, a hiker hiking by himself was killed by a female with at least one cub. Wow! There have actually yeah, and like I said, there has been eight. Uh, and if you decide to go hike in Yellowstone, you want a party of three or more. Okay. Three or more, and you bring in your bear spray as well. Definitely bring your yeah. bear spray. Well, let's uh, let's go into over one of these deaths that happened in a little more detail. So we're gonna go back to 1984. You know what? I think we need to use maybe a device to get us there. What? It, yeah, maybe the time a, machine. Time machine. Some time. Somewhere. So in July of 1984, we. First, meet uh, Officer Youngblood. This story, uh, oh, yeah, and this story comes from the book as well. Okay. So, Officer Youngblood was on duty when a young woman from Switzerland came in, or came in his office. She had dark shoulder length hair and about 5'5, around 120 pounds. Officer Youngblood issued her a backcountry permit and he, he made sure to warn her that against hiking alone and warned her about uh, bears particularly. And and, she, and he told her how to handle food or in the campsite for bears, you okay. know. Uh, the woman's name is, oh boy, Birgitta Claudia Frodenhagen. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Wow. So you know, we're, we're just going to call her Claudia. Okay. Can we do that? Yeah. All right. Uh, so the next day, Claudia's brother, Andres informed a ranger that his sister had failed to meet him and his wife at schedule, uh, as they scheduled at Pelican Trailhead. Um, then a search began looking for her that night and then into the next morning. The next morning at 10.30 a.m., a ranger marshal found Claudia's camp. He noted his horse was spooked and wouldn't get any closer than 20 yards. Mm-hmm. He immediately noticed that her tent had rip marks, but saw all of her clothes and gear inside undisturbed. However, he did find um, pieces of hair and scalp. Oh, man. He radios in for backup, then 
<clears throat> he looks around for Claudia. He finds her food cache about 30 yards from the camp, and it had been pulled down, and the food had been partially eaten. Mm. Marshall kind of has a sense of what happened at this point. And at noon that day, a couple more rangers arrived, and they began a search. One of them examines the tent a little bit more, where they find a piece of her lip. Oh, man. On her sleeping bag. They looked around more, and a quarter of a mile away at uh, 12.50, they found bloody clothing. They continued... And they found more bloody clothing leading to Claudia's body or what is left of it. A good amount of her body has already been eaten. Wow. The rangers investigate further and their conclusion of what happened is the bear ripped the tent and pulled her out by her neck or the top of her head. And that this was while she slept. And there was no signs of a struggle, as some clothing in her tent was still neatly folded. Wow. About 20 feet from the tent was a pool of blood, and that is where they believe she died. So it didn't take long for this bear to kill her. She was attacked at her neck and face, so she probably died fairly quickly. And the bear also climbed a tree a 12-foot tree to get her the cache of food that she properly put up in the tree. Uh, the tree climbing makes the rangers believe it was a sub-adult, uh, okay. sub-adult male grizzly bear, because when they get to adulthood, they're too big to climb trees. Oh, okay. But when they're sub-adults, they're not as big, so it, that's... And they do climb trees when they're young anyway. Hmm. Black bears climb trees too, but they believe it is a sub-adult grizzly, which makes sense. So Officer Marshall and others camped in this area for a few nights after waiting for the bear to return, but it never did. Hmm. And it appeared that Claudia did everything correct. She hid her food properly. And this this was seriously in the book. She wasn't menstruating. <laughs> that was seriously in the book. And they yeah, they really said that. So I had to look into that a little bit more. And there is no evidence. That women's menstrual orders attract bears. <laughs> I definitely and like, I would, yeah, I would hate to be that ranger. Oh, you're menstruating. Sorry, I can't give you a permit. <laughs> you will not give me a permit. Well, I'm not being this. Maybe, maybe in the '70s it was a little more acceptable. You try that nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she took. Oh, okay. I will mention this. So on the actual Yellowstone uh, website, there's like a small article about menstrual bears and menstrual cycles, oh, really? and they like it gives like precautions of what uh, to do for for women. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I did. Well, I did, I thought about going over it, but yeah, I'm not gonna. <laughs> all right. So uh, Claudia, she did take all proper precautions that we know of, but. Uh, still, it's nature and anything can happen, you know? Yeah. And after this attack, the Pelican Valley is now only available to hike during the daytime. Mm. God, that bear just seemed like, man, it's just born to be a murder or something, uh, you know? Maybe. There's. I mean, there's, it had a food source, you know, down down from the camp. Climb yeah, it in there. there's it's like nobody. I'm just gonna kill this sleeping human. Nobody knows. You know, it's just, that's weird. Nobody knows exactly. Wow. 
So after that, uh, I think we're going to call it an episode, Dave. Okay. Uh, that will wrap up our two-parter covering Yellowstone. I hope everyone enjoyed it, and I hope you learned something new. At the very least, I, I want people to know what not to do in Yellowstone. Nobody who listened to this podcast should become a dumb tourist. Yeah. Don't be an idiot! <laughs> I, I promise we'll cover more bear-related stories uh, some other time. In fact, I think... We're going to have a polar bear episode coming soon. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've got that in the books. But actually, next week, we will do our uh, second edition of recent animal stories and attacks. And, man, we have a lot. I have, like, 16 that I've already written down that wow. we need. To, so we might need to cut that. That's like enough in for a, a third. <laughs> we might need to cut that in half, so I'm going to really look into the good ones. Okay. And also, next week, it's going to be our 10th episode. Hey! hey we made it to 10. Woo-hoo. Yay! Um, and you can even use the time machine. We're here! <laughs> well, not yet. Tomorrow, next week. Next week, next week. <laughs> um, and maybe, maybe next week we can get 10 more listeners by that, by that point. <laughs> Um, uh, thank oh, uh, you. Yeah, I was thinking you meant ten total, but you know, yeah, you're right. <laughs> We've got more. Than 10. Let's get ten we're more. We're doing pretty good. That's, actually, that's 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 what we're gonna aim for is ten more. And if you noticed, I didn't call any any place a shithole this week. Hey, good job. There were no shitholes this week. There will be next week. I tell you that. <laughs> we even had camping. And there were no. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, remember to subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. Give us five stars. It really helps us out. Help us get those ten new listeners. And, oh, yeah, we are also available on Spotify now for the Android users, so you can find us there. Follow us on Facebook, and if you or someone you know has a cool animal story, you can email us at forceofnaturepod at gmail.com. Maybe you can share your story on a future episode. This is the Force of Nature podcast. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends. Be a part of building this up, and we will see you next week. Bye.